Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We've just watched fireworks mm-hmm. on Canada Day, mm-hmm. and we also saw some things being blown up outside of Canada. Then my joke is it fireworks. It's the uh-huh. episode of Doctor Who that we watched. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not called fireworks. No, but there were fireworks. Were there excitement fireworks? Okay. Mission to the unknown. Yeah, I mean, people got killed. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, there's, I don't think there's anything. You know, uh, the ship. We don't know exactly what happened to the ship. The uh, animation that we watched just sort of disintegrated. So. Metaphorical fireworks. Okay. okay, I'm on board with that. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mission to the unknown, mm-hmm. aka Dalek cutaway. It's funny that there was there is such a debate about what this story is called. Really? Yeah. Because on the original scripts, I think Mission to the Unknown actually appears very late. It was always called, it's called the longest time Dalek Cutaway. Hmm. And apparently given the production code of DC for Dalek Cutaway. Hmm. Somewhere along the line, it um, acquired the production, this is important, mm-hmm. of T slash a, which I don't think actually appears anywhere in production documents. In a lot of documents, though, it's noted as Serial T, which is what Galaxy 4 was, mm-hmm. Episode 5. Because it's the same crew that made mm-hmm. Galaxy 4, and then they made this episode. So where, so if it didn't appear in production documents, then T slash A, where did that come from? I don't know. Probably some from one of these uh, episode guides throughout the years that were sort of like in the late 70s, early 80s once. And they, that might have just sort of like been invented kind of like the overall episode titles mm-hmm. just sort of like you know became passed down through the ages mm-hmm. word of mouth of what these things are actually called received fan wisdom pretty much mm-hmm. pretty much um do you know the story about about how mission to the unknown came to be i and sort of know the basics of it and mm-hmm. here let me try to outline it and then just jump in when i go completely wrong and, okay. and fix me do my best uh okay so the Actors were all contracted for a certain number of episodes in the season, like contracted to to, to film mm-hmm. a certain number of episodes in the season, right? Uh, which is which they did, but uh, the episode um, "Planet of the Giants," "Planet of Giants," yeah, "Planet of Giants." Okay, sorry, my definite article out of there. Right. Uh, so, "Planet of Giants" ended up getting edited down because mm-hmm. it was uh was a little bit on the long side and they basically took two ed- two episodes and mushed them down into one so planet of giants ended up being a three episode story mm-hmm. of doctor who uh which really worked out better for planet of giants from what i understand uh however that meant that okay so now there's one extra episode that needs to go be created to go out into the world yes. because they're one short at that point the problem comes in that all of our main actors were contracted to do a certain number of episodes and that means film those episodes which they did so they had already completed their allotment of episodes mm-hmm. for that season and could not be used for this new episode that they had to create to put out in order to get something on the screen instead of the test pattern um So they had to sort of scramble and come up with an idea that did not use William Hartnell or Peter Purvis or Maureen O'Hara. Brian. What? Maureen O'Brien. Maureen O'Brien. Maureen O'Hara? What am I thinking? She knew like a movie star in the 30s or something. 
Or like in Scarlett O'Hara and Maureen who... And Catherine O'Hara. I I think it's it's Canada Day. Yeah. Um, Maureen O'Brien. Yeah, Maureen O'Brien. And... And yeah, so that this is what they decided to do to basically end the last episode of Galaxy 4 or the second to last, depending on mm-hmm. how you want to look at it, with Vicky wondering what was going on on that planet out there on the scanner and then getting a close-up view of what was going on on that planet out on the scanner. Mm-hmm. And it was some pretty exciting and intense stuff dealing with probably the one thing that could carry an episode without any of our main character is the Daleks, who are possibly more iconic at this point than any of the other the characters on the show. Mm-hmm. So while I'm sure it seemed very weird for the people watching to be like, where is our crew? They haven't haven't arrived yet. Um, the fact that there were Daleks there, I think, probably made it okay for a lot of people. And, you know, you do have occasional episodes where somebody is gone the whole time because they're on vacation so they end up locked in a cell or something Mm -hmm. like that or sick and just lying in a bed somewhere this is you know kind of the equivalent of of everybody having something like that you know they're the entire tardis crew has been written out of this one because they're just so darn tired after the last one and (laughs) and vicky's vicky's ankle is is sore and Mm -hmm. you know so yeah, they uh, they did saw. I, did uh, I get it right? You pretty much got it right. Yeah, the um, the production team, which uh, this is Verity Lambert's last episode of Doctor Who, by the way. Oh. I know the the uh, there's some famous uh, pictures from the photo call of her being surrounded by all those delegates mm. um, because the press was doing a thing because it was Verity Lambert's last. You know, quite something actually to have a photo call for a producer leaving yeah. TV show back in those days. Um, but so they they saw this as well. What can we do? And they sort of thought, well, um, the uh, head of serials or drama, I can't remember who it was, Hugh Weldon, I think that's who it was. His mother was a big fan of Daleks, so he basically told the incoming production team of John Wiles and um, Donald Tosh. Let's do a big story about Daleks. Twelve parts. Let's go crazy because all the kids love the Daleks. This is when like Dalek mania was kind of starting to wane a little bit, so the timing was a little bit off. But they saw it as in, a, hey, what we could do? One episode prequel preview, if you will. The BBC would have called it a prequel. That what we watched basically would have been like a Tardisode. You know, like those little like four or five minute things online a week leading up to the story which that's pretty much what we saw so they thought that was a kind of a cool lead-in i prologue it was a prologue prologue what i'd like to know is as you read in the camera script for galaxy four part four last episode at the end it says next episode like when it tells what to queue up for the uh, the captions mm-hmm. next episode temple of secrets right. scratched out in pen mission uh-huh. to the unknown i wonder when that production team got the word that it was going to you know um be a change mm-hmm. in that because a lot of the sets spoiler alert um because they land on kemble Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, episode one of Dalek's Master Plan, which comes after the Myth Makers, which is the next story, uh, is set on Kemble. And there's Daleks and the mm-hmm. delegates are there. So I'm wondering if those sets were already kind of budgeted for and built mm-hmm. so that they only had to hire three actors, basically, on top of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I find it in- I find it <clears throat> fascinating that that yeah they thought the way that the script was printed out, the camera script said, mm-hmm. next episode, Temple of Secrets. Um, because that's where 
everybody in the TARDIS was going to go next. And it still is where everybody in the TARDIS is going to go next. It just needed to be crossed out of that script because we are now next episode going to the Mission of the Unknown, which mm. is, has nothing to do with what's going on in the TARDIS. No. And I did not realize... See, I listened to this... Um, more in a minute on that but i listened to this previously um in like wrapped in together with the daleks master plan so it was just this and then the first episode of the daleks master plan and then you know boom 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 um so i did not realize that the myth makers actually comes in between there that this episode was separate Mm -hmm. like by weeks from from the rest of it um so this is kind of news to me tonight that's oh really Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that is interesting Interesting to know. Um, so so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I also wonder, we'll talk about the story in a little bit, don't worry, but there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going around. Mm-hmm. What's that, you might? No, I, and my personal story about the first time I heard it. Damn right, because uh, it's a good one. Um, I wonder, because uh, around 1966, after Doc's Master Plan, Terry Nation was trying to peddle the idea of a Daleks spinoff series to the U.S. And I'm wondering when he started thinking the idea of that. And was this the genesis of it, or was it sort of already something he had in mind about having... Because I think he sort of wanted to think about having the space security license to kill, like sort of the mm-hmm. spy outfit in space against the Daleks and sort mm-hmm. of have that be the mm-hmm. the the... What's the word? Protagonists of mm-hmm. the Destroyers, which is what the uh, the series was going to be called. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I just wonder what the timeline of all that was. Uh, it, one more thing about about the Dallas Western Planet, why it's included on the audio release. Because why not? You can't really release a 25-minute episode as an audio book of itself. It ties well, in with for this. Mission for Mission the Unknown. Uh, back in the day... Um, this was offered as part of the Daleks Master Plan, um, in addition to Daleks Master Plan, apart from Episode 7, Feast of Stephen, mm-hmm. which is never in- intended to be sold um, outside of the UK. It was only offered, or at least it was offered, but only Australia picked it up, rejected it hmm. um, for violence and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they never aired it. So they actually had it. Australia was the only... So this is the only story that is like never aired outside of the UK. So the besides fact that... Feast of Stephen. Besides, uh, besides Feast of Stephen. Um, so it's intriguing that that and the Daleks Master Plan, the fact that three episodes exist, mm-hmm. it's quite something actually because it was never aired anywhere outside of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why... One last thing about before we talk about the story mm-hmm. is that a lot of season three is missing in season four and season five because Doctor Who was not sold to as many countries back then. It's 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 mm-hmm. huge bubble was sort of starting to wane, and so about f- maybe three or four countries, Australia, New Zealand, and a couple in Africa, I think, and Hong Kong, were starting to air Doctor Who as opposed to all over the world, mm-hmm. which is why we have so many episodes from the first two seasons because there were many more copies made. There are much fewer copies made of this, which is why we don't have Mission of the Unknown today. All those other countries were big fans of uh, Ian and Babs and Susan. And just, the nope. second they left, yeah. this is, we're out, mm-hmm. done. Okay. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about how you first experienced Mission to the Unknown. So yes, as I said, I listened <clears throat> to it uh, in the BBC audio version of the Daleks Master Plan, packaged in with that. And it was actually on, and I may have mentioned this before, but tough. I'm doing it again because yep. it's still, well, it's 17 minutes past Canada Day. So it's still Canada Day somewhere in Canada. In the in the West, yep. West Coast. Exactly. Um, 
my my mission to the unknown was <laughs> nice. My mission to the unknown was my mission to get me to Canada, a mostly unknown country. And yeah, so when the paperwork finally came through, uh a year plus after we had gotten married for me to be able to move up here. The plan was for my mother and myself to take the, uh, my parents' old minivan and drive it across across the states and up through into Montana. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen rented a minivan here and drove it down across the border. And we trans- transferred all of my crap from my mom's minivan to Stephen's rental. And then my mom drove home by herself and I... Uh, went the rest of the way with Steven, which worked out really great. And it was a wonderful, like, girls, mom, daughter road trip all across the country. And it was super cool. The b- only real drawback being that it was um, February. March. Early Mar- March. That's right. Early March. And we were going through the mountains during blizzard season. So, as a matter of fact, we didn't have to get to the mountains but but the for it to be blizzard season, we actually drove through a literal like, you know, classified as a blizzard blizzard uh in southern Minnesota. Was it as early as that? No, as mm-hmm. South Dakota too, wasn't it or no? Oh yeah, there was that too. But ah. no, the first blizzard, literal <laughs> blizzard that ah. conditions that we ran into were in Minnesota as we were traveling across across that country. Um and yeah, and then we went through, there was some sun when we went through South Dakota, but also more blizzardy stuff later. Um, Wyoming was pretty rough, but Montana was life-threateningly terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the we decided we wanted to listen to a bunch of good Doctor Who stuff on the way. And one of the things that we chose, uh, my mom's, one of her first choices was actually the Daleks Master Plan because she had listened to it before and really liked it. And we had a long trip. So we figured, hey, 12 plus episodes of Doctor mm-hmm. Who, classic Doctor Who. Yeah, let's let's do it. So we did. And it was, you know, one after the other after the other minor breaks to, you know, stop and eat lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we listened to all of them. So I have, you know, we had to stop too if the blizzard got too bad so the mom could just focus on on the driving. But it was it was just it was great. It was the perfect perfect situation to experience Doctor Who with the person who introduced me to Doctor mm-hmm. Who and instilled this love, you know, someone who loves it enough that she still regularly checks out the the BBC audios of the lost <laughs> things and listens to them and apparently loves the ones that everybody says are awful like the Doc's master plan and um uh, celestial toy maker she's right. a big fan of so yeah it was it was just really really good very exciting i hated to break that uh that up i kind of felt bad i kind of felt like the you know i felt like the daleks coming in <laughs> at the end and wrecking um <laughs> um lowry's and mark Corey's little little bromance <laughs> that they had there on the planet kemble kind of what i felt there oh well that's sad here i am taking her away from all this fun bonding road trip kind of thing yeah we actually got stopped in billings montana we were supposed to travel on and stay in helena Mm -hmm. the next no not helena butte was it butte great falls great falls the next night and the weather was so bad that we just were like nope so we ended up staying an extra extra night in billings and just kind of wandering around the minus 40 degree weather and having to wake up every two and a half hours to go out to the van to start it up and run it for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. in the parking ramp and then go back to bed for another couple of hours uh, so that it would start in the morning otherwise we would have been stranded 
it was quite it was quite a harrowing adventure and it was very uh appropriate like you know it felt like a, a doctor who adventure like i was on another planet <laughs> you know going to another planet and mm-hmm. there was there was adventure and you know roads thick with ice and so many cars in the ditch from people trying to drive too fast and trucks overturned and yeah it was it was really scary yeah Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, <laughs> we will talk about Mission to the Unknown, mm-hmm. uh, and we won't spoil it, all the talk about Dog's Master Plan. But so you've never actually seen those three episodes that exist of uh, Dog's Master Plan? No, at the time, I was not even aware that any of them existed to be watched. I thought it was just one big long thing <clears throat> uh-huh. that was completely gone because all I had really heard about it was from my Verity co-host Deb, who calls it the uh, what is it the um, the MFing never ending Daleks master plan. She's so wrong. She hated it. And I didn't know how she consumed it, so I don't know. Right. But she said that she did it all kind of in one fell swoop you and that was the that. wrong way to do it. Yeah. Except that I did it. That's how we did it. You know, captive audience in a car. But you did stop for breaks and stuff. We, m- minor breaks, like yeah. not, not long. Did you do it all in one day? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Beginning to end. That's impressive. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mission to the Unknown, mm-hmm. we watched this. Is the first time I've ever watched this, some band of animators, apparently amalgamated by one Ian Levine. Um, I had never heard about this. I just sort of had it sent to me or something or found it. I know it's online on YouTube. We put it on our, on our show notes. Um, is an animated version of this one-off episode. I have to say, I was very impressed both by the sound quality and the, and the animation. The sound was pristine. I was very worried that since I had pictures to watch, I wasn't going to be reading along with a, a script or a transcript. And I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to understand what the characters were saying. But the but for one, the sound quality was, was crystal clear and great. And for two, the animation was, you know, not the smoothest animation in the world, but it was pretty good. And the mouth animation was good enough that I could, you know, not entirely read lips, but mm-hmm. I could... Vi- it really made it much more clear what they were saying because the mouths were moving in the way that they should be for the words that they were saying. Like even like the tongue in the back of the mouth, there are a couple of shots where you could tell like that's the letter they are forming mm-hmm. with their tongue. And it's just like, uh, that was, that was very impressive. This was a great way to experience this, this story. I know. Like I've, I've sort of watched a really grainy version of the, uh, of the recon in, in years past and I sort of kind of got the gist of what was going on. This, I have to say, really helped. And what what an exciting episode, mm-hmm. I have to say. Did you like it? I really did. Yeah, this was, I mean, you know me and my classic sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. but this was this was fantastic. Well, you know, you get spaceships. It was a, the UN ship number one. Deep space ship. I don't know what mm-hmm. to sit on the wing there, but yeah. Yeah, it was like on every wing. I mm-hmm. think I'd remember it. And and yes, you know, stranded, the ship's broken, they gotta gotta fix it, then they can't fix it, so they just need to send out a message. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out there's these crazy plants that, that turn you crazy and make you wanna kill your friends, and then you turn into the plant. Yeah. Uh yeah, super cool <laughs> idea. And then on top of that you find out those plants only found on Scaro. They were bred by the Daleks. Freaking Daleks. Yeah. That's exciting. I mean, and this is one of those stories where it doesn't have of the Daleks in the title, so you get the surprise of the the inclusion of the Daleks if you are not already aware. Mm-hmm. And the excite. I mean, just 
I mean, my my, my inner ten year old mm-hmm. bristled when they sort of mentioned you know the Galactic Alliance shall be you know it's mm-hmm. like. A, and there's like delegates there and they're all doing chances like we uh, will take over the solar system and also this crazy B-movie stuff in a way. Mm-hmm. But it was all very exciting. Oh, it totally uh, felt like B-movie stuff. Yeah. Like in a, in a really good way. This was this was B-entertainment with all the different delegates from different places and their crazy costumes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I honestly like... I can picture in my head because I haven't really seen the, any of the publicity s- shots to know what these characters look like in in real life, um, but I feel like seeing the animated versions of them is actually maybe a little bit better mm-hmm. because you don't you don't see the seams, you don't see them clunking around, right. they move a little bit more smoothly, and yeah, it really felt kind of epic. Like this is a this is a big deal. There's a big spaceship that just landed, and mm-hmm. and it's a conclave of all of these important <laughs> important people and things. And yeah, yeah. I know. It just feels like this adventure is too big to be contained mm-hmm. in one story at one time. We'll come back to this later. That sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Too big to be contained by the the usual walls and presets of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who thinking big. Yeah. In season three. Yeah. Way yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. Way, to, way to go out, Verity Lambert. Did she have a lot to do with this story or does is this just sort of the last one that she was even in on at all? Yeah, she was more or less credit. I think even John Wiles was sort of kind of taking over by the time Galaxy 4 and even actually Time Meddler, she was, he was sort of mm-hmm. gradually moving in. I noticed that the script editor for this is Donald Tosh. Um, who would be John Wiles' script editor taking over from Dennis Spooner. Dennis Spooner, who was, I'm I'm imagining he was probably busy writing some episodes of Dalek's Master Plan, which, of course, is still about to go into production um, a few weeks after this. So, um, well, Donald Tosh was script editor on Galaxy 4 as well, though. Was he really? So I guess he was already work on that. I'm I'm 98 sure I saw his name in the credits. I'm probably you're probably correct because because the I mean the exact same production team that made Galaxy Four made this. So mm-hmm. yeah, so the switch over is happening into a very interesting time in Doctor Who's history. A, a time of change, mm-hmm. shall we say? We're coming up to very interesting change of direction for a little bit be i'm intrigued to see what you think about this uh this era of doctor who i am too and i feel like this story is a sort of a it stands in for that you know a great Mm -hmm. change what what greater change have we had than this so far nothing this is a a herald of of just the the links they're going to i suppose to Mm -hmm. to make it different Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited i mean i know the myth makers is next which is... I'm a little worried. I'll come. Because I've heard really good things about the Myth Makers. I know one, two, three, uh, several, I think, people who put Myth Makers at the top of their list of it, the very least Hartnell stories, mm-hmm. and some for like all the classic 60s stuff. It is. It has been talked up a lot, and that always is scary to me because it's hard for... It's hard for old television to live up to the hype, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes. And, you know, the Chumbleys pretty much managed to, to live up to their their hype. But that right. was more just like... <laughs> their hype. Yes, the much-hyped Chumbleys. Well, they are much-hyped in the circles that I run in. Okay. Um, but it's more like, a, oh, my God, they're adorbs type hype. Right. Which they are adorbs, so, yes, they lived up to it. This hype for the Mythmakers is, oh, my God, it's an awesome story. And... 
I don't know. I guess I will wait and see. I, I know one thing that happens at the end of it that I'm certainly not fond of. So I'm I'm going in with kind of low expectations, to be honest. It's uh, it's it's intended to be a comedy mm-hmm. kind of thing. Until it's not from what I hear. Yeah, but just sort of go in thinking, you know, like, what the hell is going on here? But mm-hmm. uh, just, just understand. My, uh, also a warning, mm-hmm. the recon, actually the audio, for, it seems very warbly. Okay. I don't know why that is. Every audio copy I've heard sounds a little bit like it's like a tape's not quite playing right. So mm, that's a shame. So I'm just trying to knock it down a couple pedestals so you don't yeah. go in thinking it's a masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's next time on Lazy Doctor Who. Whenever that may, we're not staying up and watching. It. We are so full of coffee and chai from Indian. Indian food. Yeah, I suppose we could, but it is 12.30. I don't know. It's probably not a good idea to start the Mythmakers tonight. It's probably not. I don't know. Let's not. Okay. It's la- we're lazy, Doctor Who. We have to. Uh, we we signed off Verity Lambert's era of Doctor Who. That's true. That is a, that is a perfectly appropriate yeah. place place to end. Yeah, and the and the second production block. Yes, the second production block of Doctor Who has finally come to an end. Wow, yeah. that's bonkers. They had like a month off for vacation, and they uh, they came back for the Mythmakers. Wow, and complete change. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So the next, uh, the time between this episode of Lazy Doctor Who and the next one, uh, please consider that a moment of contemplative and uh, at adoring silence uh, (laughs) from the podcast feed uh, in the name of one Verity Lambert. Here's to Verity. You should do a podcast about her or named after her at any rate. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Write that down. You're a genius. Genius. Hmm. Good night. Good night. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day.